Well, good evening, I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And I'm kind of excited because when Kathy and I made our move to Montana, part of the idea was to expand our business and also start doing stuff about Montana and Idaho, but it's really hard to get people on board. And so it's just, you know, it's just one of those things you chip away at it. And then the other day I'm sitting there thinking going, wait, I have a friend who works in radio at a radio station near Polson. And what the hell am I doing? Why don't I talk to Brian Miskivens and see if this guy would do this with me? And he was like, he used to work for Coin in Portland and he did weather and some reporting and stuff like that. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to bring him on. So our show tonight is sponsored by Buck Sanitary Service. Um, you know, if you guys are looking to have a party or you're having a wedding, uh, they have everything you need. Be sure and take care of our sponsors because they take care of us so that you can see the content that we bring you. Also, Chris Dental Family Dentistry. And right now is the time to start getting into the dentist because September and October are going to book up with everybody going, oh, I need to go get my teeth cleaned. So you got to get in there now and get it done before school starts. You don't need one more thing on the block to get you going. So they'll be here. And also Albert Taylor, um, Endless Possibilities, an organization that takes care of people in our community who have different abilities. They have group homes. They have people that help work with them, making their lives an endless possibility. So they're also one of our sponsors. So let's get to the show and find out what we're going to talk about tonight. All right. Brian, how you doing, man? You guys, I told him to put the camera on something. So this is my fault that we've had a little slip up there. You know, so, you know, I went to wave and I knocked the camera. That's just like when I went to hit my uh, on button on my studio mic this morning and spilled my coffee instead. So good evening, Rick. Welcome. First of all, I don't think I've officially done this. You know, I've done it in person, you know, but uh, welcome. Welcome to Montana. Now officially a Montana. We we love it. I got my driver's license. I, you know, so I'm happy, but I still have not got my truck's uh, plates. I don't have the Oregon plates off of it yet which is I'm past due, but the problem is its truck is owned by Toyota and my business. So we oh. changed the business name because we, it's no longer Rick Dancer, it's Dancer Media because Kathy and I are both involved in it now. And so that's caused a cluster screw of, I mean, letters back and forth, titles stuck in county offices. And it's like, it's just insanity. But anyway, it's good to have you here. Thank you. So, it's good to be here. You used to work at Coin in Portland, and you mm -hmm. did weather and reporting and stuff like that there, right? Yeah, I did weather and traffic and some out and about live stuff. But you know, it's been uh, closing in on eight years now that we uh, felt we had been coming up for visits. My uh, father-in-law and mother-in-law lived here at the time, still live here in Polson, and we'd been coming up for visits. And a little bit of the backstory is: so growing up, Rick, my dad was a traveling salesman. And he sold janitorial maintenance supplies all through Portland, but also a large swath of his territory was up the Columbia River Gorge. Absolutely gorgeous territory. Well, during the summer months when us kids were off school, he would get to bring some of us along. And, you know, we were always under the impression, hey, you know, when dad's making sales calls, you guys are quiet off in the background or, you know, waiting in the car patiently while dad... And then we'd get to swim in the, the motel swimming pool at night. And it was, I remember at that time, I was like seven or eight years old when I started remembering this. And I remember going, I'm going to move to a small town someday. And 2014, we said, we're doing it. And uh, we called it our leap of faith because we actually, Rick, I, I remember somebody in, that I worked with at the TV station at the time said to me, I'll see you back here in a year when you get tired of small town living. And that was almost eight years ago. So Yeah. 
there is, I'll tell you that it's, it's, we're in Townsend, you know that, and sort of most of the audience. Um, and the people are so friendly and they're starting to know who we are because I'm tagging everything with Townsend. So they're starting to figure and we're starting to meet with county commissioners and people to get some new stuff. But it's just it's kind of hard to break in when you're in a little town because they all know each other. And yeah. now here comes a new person. And so it's just kind of tough. But, um, and, you know, and then for you and me, oh, here's somebody I can relate to. It's because yeah. people knew who you were. So yeah. you kind of had a calling card. You walked in and it was like, oh, it's Rick Dancer. It's Brian McKinley. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of knew. Now it's like, who the hell's Rick Dancer? <laughs> you know, <laughs> some porn star coming to, to Townsend? You know? <laughs> you, you know, Rick, you and Kathy and I, us, we all make friends easily, though. So it happens pretty easily as, you, as you're finding out. And everybody in Montana is very friendly. They are. So, you know, some of the things I'm finding out just from following the radio, following the news and that kind of stuff is a lot of the a lot of the same issues here are, are the same issues back in Oregon and Washington. I mean, big issues here. What? Affordable housing. Yeah. Giant issue. Huge issue. It, is, it really is. You know, and Rick, and the pandemic hit and all of a sudden you had people from major metropolitan areas that said, hey, I can make a living working from my home office, well, I can move to a smaller town that maybe is more in line with what I'm thinking value-wise and, you know, as far as my personal values. And suddenly it's like, okay, I can I can move to the smaller town but still be doing my job, so why not move? And, you know, less crime, less less of those some of those urban issues that you deal with in some of the bigger urban areas. You know what I, Kathy and I heard on the radio today um, here in Helena, is, and what's funny about people is they think Montana is all like everything's like Oregon, like kind of, and Oregon's a big state too, but Montana's huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, because you're in Polson, and so how far you and I are, how far apart? Uh, you're, oh gosh. Four hours, probably? I think it's more than that. I believe it's more than that. Um, people think it's all like, oh, well, yes, over here. And it's like, no, that's like, that's it, like a three hour drive. So it takes me an hour get to get down to I 90, and then I have to shoot east. So how far away from Missoula are you? Uh, two and a half. Okay. Okay. So we're, no, wait, so we are only about three and a half hours away then. For some reason I was thinking, I don't know why I was thinking we, we were further apart, but um, now, I think it's like 12 hours to drive across the state on I-90, if I remember correctly. Now I know the governor just put together a task force of, um, of people to, to different groups, like nonprofits, housing groups, all that, to try to come up with some solutions or ideas for October. Uh, to present to him so they can look at how do we create affordable housing for people and still give people their property rights. Yep. Yep. And that, that is a big issue. I know last year I uh, emceed an event right here in Folsom with several local housing authority agencies, local governments, municipalities, nonprofits, and they were discussing just that of how just right here in Folsom, how do we deal with it? Because I mean, the median cost of a home has just gone up so exponentially. In fact, I read uh, the July housing market from two, the January to July of 2020 was $332,000 a house in an urban area. Meanwhile, the same period this year, it was $435,000. And the same with and, um, and housing with people who, uh, the, the folks that are working service jobs, they can't afford to live in places anymore because it's the same in Oregon, the same thing in the West. You know, I think it's probably the West Coast and the Pacific Northwest, Idaho, and I'm sure Montana mm -hmm. um, can't afford to live because the prices have gone up. People like mm -hmm. us come in, we pay for these houses and they get you know, irritated with us. And, yeah. and uh, there's but 
but I, we have a, like a 450 acre development going in about 18 miles up Canyon Ferry. Uh -huh. And oh my gosh, it's causing just a uproar um, with people. But, but, you know, and then I'm torn because I don't want that either, you know, and I don't yeah. want it in the backyard, but then on the other side, if I own property, <clears throat> I want the right to do within the law, what I can do with that property. So it's this real tough thing, you know, it is, it really is. And, and it's finding that I always say, it's just like everything in life. It's finding that balance. And then of course we've often said, you know, if we had moved, we had waited five or six years to move, we would have been able to do it. We moved in 14 uh, before, you know, long before everything completely went, you know, the big boom happened in 20 and yeah. well, 21. Yeah, we got in on the end of it. We paid a lot, but you know, we also, I'd rather have my money in real estate right now than <laughs> <and I have laughs> in the stock market that I'm all going, oh God, and after today, what Biden did with this plan, oh my God. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of uh, 401k. Why don't you just, why don't you just put me in an old folks home <laughs> and leave me? You know what I mean? It's like, I have worked my entire fucking life for this. And now you're going to start taxing my 401k when I take money out of it. Screw you. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I have a feeling that the November will be interesting to say yeah. the least. So, so another, let me play a couple commercials and I want to come okay. back. Where I want to talk to you about. So hang on just a second. Okay. that i mean this is the covid's never going anywhere and so we you know it's funny how we got out of our mask mandate at actually a time that our covid was really high this last february they mentioned that like they took away the mask so i think it'd be, it was more political but once kate brown's out of office or you know the legislation's out of office because they're, they're you know she can't be the next governor i think we're going to end up having a short stay of, of mask It'll be surprised me if we won't, if we don't. I mean, you're starting to see that kind of happen around the country again. Um, so I just, I worry, I worry there's going to be some kind of restriction and hopefully this fall, the kids don't have to wear masks again, but with the, with the politics, with the elections coming up, it probably won't happen until after the elections. That's another big difference here. You see is um, back in Oregon, you know, they're already not requiring, but telling people you, you know, you need to wear masks inside. And um, and here I see people doing it, but it's really still, you know, it's it's like nobody, nobody makes a big deal out of it. You know what I mean? You know, and, and I would say I think you mentioned this some time ago, Rick, is that Montana today reminds me of Oregon the way it used to be. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's more you you want to have an opinion about that. That's fine. But it, it's not a it's there's not the, the forcing of opinions on people like that. Right. And I think what's what's really interesting about the people in Montana is, it's like, I mean, I think people have very strong opinions, but it's like um, you talk about it and then you move on. And but what's more important is, are you taking care of your family? Are you working? You know, I've noticed this in Townsend and I think it's awesome is they want to see if you're coming in here and committed. Like, are you coming here? Are you going to stay? Are you going to be a part of the community? Or are you just somebody who's coming here to, you know, kind of hide away or whatever you're doing and stuff, you know? And I think, 
Um, it, it reminds me a lot right now of Eastern Oregon, the way it still is, if yeah. it could be the way it wanted to be. If they, which is why, I, I don't know if you've seen this, there's a greater Idaho movement where they want to move the border. I did see that. Uh, and yeah. it's just, I, in fact, I just got an email and two more counties are on board. Um, I mean, they've got a ton of people. And, you know, and, and in talking to Betsy Johnson, who's running for governor as a non-affiliated voter, she said, you know, what that at least tells you is we have a major problem when a huge chunk of rural Oregon wants to get the hell out of Oregon. It's not Oregon they want to leave. It's the the uh, the, the monarchy of Kate Brown and her party and, and, and all the regulations and stuff they put on them. And they don't even know how they live. You know, it's like me coming here and telling an alfalfa farmer how he should be doing his job when I know nothing about alfalfa, you know? Yeah. You know, speaking of alfalfa, Rick, shifting gears a little bit, you know, up here in the northwest part of the state this past week, we endured uh, quite the wildfire. Which one was yours? We had one in Helena that was pretty close. But what was, and then there's, there's several fires in Montana right now. So we had one of the bigger fires is the Moose Fire that's down uh, towards Idaho. In fact, just actually in kind of the Idaho-Montana line. Now that is that blew up several weeks ago. The one that blew up here was just north of Polson. It happened uh, starting Friday, it would have been, let me think here, whatever date, let me think, what was this past Friday? I think it was Friday the 29th. It and was, it was, yeah, I'm on my calendar here. Friday the 29th, and it started with, um, it started with, they don't know the official cause yet, I believe it's, they're thinking it is human cause, but they haven't officially declared exactly which one it is, you know, but um, it, and literally I was working that evening and I, we heard it come across the scanner and it just started as a small grass fire and it just took off and it's called and the Elmo 2 fire actually. And, the and that Elmo, one, that's the Elmo fire, right? Yep. It's blown up to over 21,000 acres started as a small grass fire and then just completely took off. And I was in Polson that afternoon um, and the, it's one of those kind of like, almost like you feel like you're in one of those doomsday movies because all of a sudden there's just this yeah. huge towering column of black smoke and you go, uh-oh, you know something instantly is wrong. And yeah. it took off from, like I said, nothing to 21,000 acres is the last report. It is scary because we have so much more lightning here. Mm -hmm. um, yep. I mean, you're a weather guy, you know, yeah. I mean, you know this stuff. So we have so much, I mean, and it, you know, the weather here is so odd because we'll have a 90 degree day. And then all of a sudden you look over, you see his clouds and you yep. go, and then you guys being on Flathead Lake and yep. us being on Canyon Ferry, yours, I know yours is bigger. Your lake's bigger than my lake. Um, but mine is the third largest, even though yours is, is yours the second or first? First, uh, largest yeah. west of the Mississippi freshwater lake. Yep. Yeah. And so when that, okay, so this is something Kathy and I want to know. Okay. You're a weather guy. I'm going to ask you a hard question now. Oh, boy. So On the spot. When the weather comes, when this clouds come in here, does, because there's a valley, you know how the flathead mm -hmm. and ours, we have mountains around here. When the weather comes in, you can't, like in Oregon, you can tell that the that it's coming your way. But here it kind of goes, ooh. You know, and you don't know if the heat from the lake, the water or what, does it, can that shift that cloud? Because it's, it's very odd. A lot of it depends on, not to get too technical, but I mean, what your flow aloft or up in the atmosphere is. So like we actually had 
a storm on uh, Saturday just northwest of town, and it was mainly hovering over the mountains. So traditionally, you need a couple of things to have those storms. You've got to have the heat or the up. Basically, the, the heat's got to be rising, right? And okay. you've got to have some moisture aloft that's streaming in from somewhere, some sort of disturbance to cause that. You get those two combinations, and it's always the perfect combination to get that, that stirring. You know, a lot of times what we get here in Polson is not necessarily an actual storm. We actually get the what's called the outflow winds. And we actually had that here gosh, within the past month where we actually didn't see any thunder and lightning initially with the initial. We just saw probably 60-plus mile an hour outflow winds from a storm that was way probably – 10 miles away from us, but it literally just, I mean, the outflow winds and because of what's called orographic lift, the moisture does tend to collect near the mountains. And then many times it will come down into the valleys. And of course it has to, but not, you know, it depends on exactly the jet stream, the winds aloft, your winds at the ground. There's, there's a, a complicated myriad of, of uh, scenarios that have to come together to get the storm right over the valley. So what is the, um, I want to talk, I want to talk about the fire history, but I want to ask you this too. What is one of the biggest misconceptions you think people have about Montana? And what is the biggest misconception that Montanans have about Oregon? Since you've been here longer than me. Boy, that's a tough question. Um, I didn't mean it to be. No, no, no. But I, I mean, it's, you know, I'm somebody, I try to keep a very open mind about everything. So, I mean, uh, being that I am a transplant, although somebody said to me the other day, they said, oh, you're closing in on 10 years of being here. You're not really considered a transplant anymore. Are you get a stamp <laughs> when you're 10 years. Yeah, exactly. you, get, you got your tenure, right? You got your tenure. <laughs> um, but, you know, one of the, as far as biggest misconceptions Oregonians have about Montanans, that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I know when I was moving, people would jokingly say to me, oh, do you guys have, you know, how far do you have to drive to get to the nearest store? That that was one thing. Right. And I mean, for us, we we can walk to the Safeway in our neighborhood. So, right. I mean, that's, you know, that's one thing. And then, um, boy, that's a tough. The one, the one thing, whether it's a misconception or not, I hear a lot lately and I mean, it's a lot from people now is, aren't you glad you're out of Portland? That's the number one thing I hear. Aren't you glad I'm out of Portland? You know, and I'm like, yes, I, because there have been a lot of things, crazy things that have happened there over the past few years. But um, I was back there last July for my father's funeral. And I would say not everything is bad. Just like, you know, not everything is great. It's, it's one of those grasses greener on the other side. For us, the grass was definitely greener to move to a smaller town. The it biggest, wouldn't necessarily be for everybody. The biggest question I get from people about um, Oregon here is, did they really legalize illegal drugs? And, you know, when they passed that measure 110, and I said, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. small amounts of meth. And they said, and then they wonder why all the homeless transients from all over the country are coming there. Yeah. And I said, yep. And they, they do not. I mean, it is like, I mean, even for me, being from Oregon, I understand it. I don't get it, but I understand it because it's Oregon. I mean, that's yeah. how that's how it is. But but to, could you, I mean, you imagine coming into a little town like Townsend with twenty two hundred people and say it's like and, and nobody talks like that. But you know, it's like what the hell did you 
than you think. I mean, you think if you did this, A plus B is going to equal C. And then you got people in Oregon going, why are there so many homeless people? Why are all these people coming from all over the country here, you know, doing it? If you go down and ask them, they'll tell you, the the actual transient people, they'll tell you drugs. They can use the drugs. They get free medical care and all the food they want. And we're like the metropolis, Oregon, not we're, they're like the metropolis, a club med for, for the transient population. And, and people here just don't understand that at all. No, and and I think it's it's points like that where you go, okay, the common sense is gone. I mean, yeah. I mean, and that's that's the sad part to me, having been a lifelong Oregonian until 2014. You know, that's the sad part to me. Now, I have friends on several work within several different you know law enforcement agencies back back in the Northwest in Portland and and you know all the counties surrounding and and down the valley and they've told me some horror stories about the way their hands are tied. You know, they can't do things that, you know, that, to, and I just, it makes them sad because yeah. quite yeah. honestly, you take away the law, then there is no order. Right. Well, and, and, you know, and, 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 and then I want to, you know, people act like I think it's perfect here. It's not, but no. you know what, as a, as a newbie, you walk in and you're going, you know, my wife and I were in the pool the other night. They have a little pool here in town. It's a beautiful, actually a very, very nice pool. Um, and these, and it was all kids and us. And what the parents did is just drop their kids off and left. Yeah. You wouldn't do that in Eugene. No. No. You know, and, and here's these kids. So this little 10-year-old girl's there, and she starts talking to me and Kathy. And she says something. She goes, are you guys new? And I said, yeah, we're new here. And she goes, well, welcome. And I'm going, oh, my God, she's 10. And then Kathy goes into grocery stores. And little 10 and 11 year old boys open the door for her. Yeah. It's like a whole different world like that, where it's like those kind of things still matter to people really yeah. big time. I got one, one more commercial. And then I want to talk about forest fire history. Okay. okay. So hang on a second. Hold on. Trying to make what is very normal, more normal for the general population. Yeah. I think that's a great way to describe it. You know, Rick, is it, the, the people that we work with are exactly that. They're people. They, they're, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about the fact that they're not disabled. They're differently abled. Uh, we have people that, that are artists. We have people that make music. You know, we have people that have all kinds of other things that are really, when you, when you spend the time to get to know them, they're warm, funny, wonderful people who they just want to do what the rest of us want to do, which is, fully embrace and live their lives and be part of the larger community and, you know, and, and be out there and, and have a chance to engage and, and, and interact with folks and tell their stories and hear people's stories. So how many homes do you guys have? We have 16 group homes right now. Uh, and then we have probably about another 30 or 40 people that we support. And if you guys are looking for a job, uh, and a career change of something that's really valuable. You go home every day and yes, you're tired, but you feel like you help somebody a lot. Albert Taylor, go there, go to their website, just slash jobs. And they're a great organization. They get a lot of people out of that. One of the misconceptions I have from that Oregon has about Montana, um, I've heard is I think they think everybody here is so bloody red. Um, they don't realize how how there's it is a red state, but there's a lot of purple, like in Helena, in in um, Missoula, Bozeman, and even in other smaller communities. It's just that everybody still has a voice. Um, 
everybody's still, you know, it, it's, I mean, I've only been to a couple little towns way out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> where I went into this cafe and the lady says, yep, got 49 Democrats in this town. And every time they walk into the restaurant, I serve them, but I ask them, and she talked like this. They, I ask them, are you happy with the economy? Are you happy? She goes, so we watch them. And I bet, oh my God. And she had, they had anti-Biden and pro-Trump things everywhere. And Kathy and I went in there and we almost, being from Oregon, we were like, you can't do this. <laughs> you're, you're, somebody's going to shoot you. Do you know that you can't do this? But I think people think that it's more primitive than it is. And it's really, um, it's a changing place. And I think that is what frightens the people who live here. So many people like us are moving here and, you know, and, but our ideals, you know, I tell everybody I'm coming here to assimilate and to learn what I like, what you have. I don't want to change a thing. Yeah, exactly. I just want to be a part of it. And that's, yeah. and, and I fight that, you know, somebody says, what do you think we should do? I, I'm right. You know, I don't know you yet. I don't have any ideas. I'm just, I'm just here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at some point, if they want to hear what I thought, I tell them, but I'm not, I'm not here to push anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that is the key is that, you know, you have people that it's, it's a blending of ideas, but they're open to it. And, and, you know, and that's the nice thing is that they, you can still have those discussions. So, so you were looking up cause you're kind of like a history dude and, yeah. and you were looking up fires and tell the story about, this is like the, the what anniversary? Well, we're coming up. It's officially August 20th and 21st. So you and I were talking off the air that, you know, we both, when we moved here, we both stopped and overnighted in Wallace, Idaho, like the great Love Wallace Inn then. Love that town. It is the cutest little town. If you're coming up here from Oregon, Washington, wherever, and you you need a place to overnight, Wallace, Idaho, I believe it's like mile marker 65, somewhere between 65 and 70 on I-90 going through Idaho. And just to keep in mind, I think it's only like 76 miles wide there through the panhandle there. So it's you're almost to Montana. Right. And so when we moved here in 2014, Rick, we had we had goals to make it all the way to Folsom that night, but we didn't. And so we pulled over at the, the Wallace Inn there and we got a hotel room. And the next morning we're walking down the hall to breakfast. And here are all these pictures and posters on the wall about the Great Fire of 1910. And it a very thorough, very, very thorough. You know, you can look it up on any of your platforms and and find more history about it. But I remember reading this one account and I was trying to find it online. I haven't been able to find it yet, but about these. So this fire, basically it was called the big blow up, the big burn. Some people refer to it as the devil's broom fire actually, because wow. it started, it started long before August 20th, but on August 20th and 21st, it, it was a weekend and these hurricane force winds came through with a cold front and literally just, I mean, wiped places off the map. In huh. one particular case, I think I might have read it about read about it there at the Wallace Inn. It might have been on one of their pictures of, and I, I wish I could find this for reference because I want to reference it. But there there was a group of miners, of course, mining town at that time, that went into one of the mines to hide from the fire, and that's how they escaped the fire. Like there was a group of people that they they knew this fire was coming. There was no way to escape it, so they went into one of the mine shafts up there and that's how they weathered the firestorm as it passed over the town wow yeah people were you know you look back at stuff like that and i think that's what reminds uh, montana and um, eastern oregon remind me of is how tough you had to be to do this you yep. know 
can you imagine the pioneers today? No. Like you, you'd have, you know, I, my joke is you get, you get a bunch of people in a, in a little thing. Well, who's driving? Who's paying for this? How come <laughs> I don't, it's cold. The wheels are bumpy. I don't like these wagons. Can you get softer wheels? This hurts my tush. And it's like, oh my God, these people were so tough. No, yeah. they wouldn't make it today because we're so yeah. wussies. We're so wussies, you know, and we're so used to this stuff. Um, going back to Wallace. So if you do, guys, if you go to Wallace, Idaho, what you have to do is take take your bikes and there's a Hiawatha Trail, which is an old rail trail. And it goes through, I bet, 12 or 15 tunnels. Mm -hmm. And these are real tunnels. These aren't yep. like bike tunnels. So it's an old train track that they took out. They paved parts of it and some of it's just dirt. Um, but it's and you can go all the way down and then they'll take you and haul you back up. Yep. That's really good. There's also a bike trail that goes all the way from the top there down to Coeur d'Alene. If you're, if you want to ride that far um, and lots of cool little towns. And then Wallace has nice restaurants, little bars, cool places to hang out. And Oh, that's, it's our go-to every time when we go halfway, we're going back for Jake's wedding. My son's getting married. So we're going back and we're going through there and, uh, and hit that. So it should be really fun. We're actually doing the Hiawatha trail coming up later this month. My family we're taking all the kids we're meeting with some family friends and we actually since living here rick we haven't done it oh you, gonna, yeah you but we've done it okay yeah. i warn you so at the big at the head okay at the very beginning and in the start there's a tunnel that is pretty freaky it's oh really about, no it's about a mile okay you can't see the other end it's pitch dark. You have a flashlight. You're in a bike and it's wet because of water. I mean, it's uh -huh. just dampness. So you're going through this thing and you're just like going and it's cold. You know, even if it's hot out, it's colder in there. Oh, yeah. So you're going through and it's just it just kind of freaks you out. And so you just kind of warn your kids and stuff. You know, when you, everybody has a flashlight. Take a flashlight with you. And then you get in there and you do it. When Kathy and I went down, then they bring you back up. We did. We went down and we rode it back up, but we rode a different way. I do not suggest that it. it was like thousands of feet up. But we, my wife was like, I am not going in that big tunnel again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, the that tunnel ones, service is nice. And then the, they're smaller. The, they're, they're, they're not as big, but it's, it's like the Brian, you are so high up and you end up going all the way down the Canyon. And I, I think there are 10 or 12 tunnels. I mean, it's, your kids will have the best time of their life. It is so fun. And it's not a, it's not steep. It's like a railroad, you know, they mm -hmm. made those railroad things for, so the trains could get back up too, you know, so it's not, it's not super steep or anything. Well, if I recall, that's probably about a 2,000 foot elevation drop. Cause I think lookout pass, I think is around 5,000. Don't quote me on that. I can't remember off the top of my head, but, um, and then St. Regis, which is, I believe the town you come into, is that the town you come into or is it further up the highway? Which one? Is it St. Regis you come into, or is it the up by the Silver Dollar? Or oh, Silver Dollar. It is Silver yeah, Dollar. Okay. Silver dollar, yeah. So, so that's probably three thousand foot in elevation, I, I imagine. So, I mean, that's a good couple thousand foot, foot drop, and yeah, I can't imagine trying to do that going the other way. <laughs> so, Brian, somebody is going to Kalispell in two weeks, in um, from Western Oregon. Can mm -hmm. they expect to run into fires? We, we, oh, as you know, as you alert. Uh, referred to earlier in, in the show rick is up here it's so so many of them are lightning sparked now right now the forecast for at least the next week is hot and dry which of course is not good because all it takes is somebody towing a trailer that hasn't properly tied up their chains to cause a spark to light a fire 
Um, at this point, there's not a lot of smoke. They've actually gotten that Elmo 2 fire under pretty good control. There's far less smoke in the past couple of days than there has been. I mean, at this point, uh, during the afternoon, I'm going to actually see if I can flip my camera around here, um, or maybe I'll just flip it around so you can see. So that's looking northwest towards where the fire is. I don't know how well you can see that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But there's no smoke today. A week ago, you would have seen a huge plume just from this coffee shop. And I have to give a shout out here to Sweet Bliss here in Polson. They're one of my favorite coffee shops. Come here to get get uh, food and drinks here. And they're open 6A to 7P. So if you ever come through Polson, you're looking for a good, you know, wrap or good coffee. Or right next door, Rich Wines Burgerville, family-owned and operated burger joint, which has been here for, I believe, 60 years now family-owned and operated, still family-owned and operated, and Sweetless also family-owned and operated. So a couple of great places you can grab some food on your way to Kalispell next week. Well, I think it's fun because you, uh, at Polson, I went there because uh, Brian's father-in-law, Mark Shrives, is a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how I met Brian. And uh, Mark was the city manager of Cresswell, Oregon. And actually, you know, Mark was the first person who trusted me when I started doing videos um, for my TV show, he was the first one who signed on. He said, I like this idea. And he kept me going when times were really, really tough. Um, so your father-in-law is a very dear friend to me and I will always respect him. But um, so Brian, yeah, I want to have you back a couple times a month if you'll do it, if you have time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just, you just find a topic on Montana you want to talk about. It doesn't always have to be yeah. news. You just yeah. find something you want to talk about and let people, we'll, we'll kind of introduce them to the real Montana, not the not the Montana of their imagination or the yeah. red wing, red wing. On the right. <laughs> it, it, it's not like that here. There are some funny t-shirts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I did see a donkey pox t-shirt, my first donkey pox t-shirt. And it had the donkey of the Democrat party. And they, it was talking about that. And I, I looked and I had to smirk because it's still weird for me being from Oregon. Cause you go, you can't wear that here. <laughs> Somebody's going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, it's a, Montana is a great state and I, you know, highly recommend people come visit. And, you know, of course, so much of our economy, as you well know, Rick, is tourism here. And if you haven't, I had never been to Montana until 2013. And I, I, the question I asked myself is, why hadn't I been here to visit sooner? <laughs> it's a, it's an amazing state. Ellen, what's the name of that burger place again? Rich Wines Burgerville in Polson. What is it? Rich Wines, just like the word rich and then wine. So rich wines, rich wine. And, um, yeah, definitely. And you're going up. To, oh, so she, you're coming. So, and which is the best way to go around? Cause isn't it go to the, to the left? You can actually, yeah. If so coming to Kalispell, your easiest straightest shot is going to be when you're coming up 93 off the, either the 200 junction or off the I 90 junction, you're going to just go straight all the way North through Polson. You'll t- go right through Polson. And if you're coming North, both uh, the coffee shop I referenced, Sweet Bliss, and Rich Wines Burgerville will be on your left-hand side, just past the Exxon Town Pump, actually. So. And then, Ellen, when you go to Kalispell, you need to go drive to Whitefish. And it's kind of a touristy place, and it's mm-hmm. not like white. It's kind of like Sun River at the, at, at, on the mountain. It's beautiful, but it's just kind of, you know, it's, it's oh, you know, it really reminds me of this, uh, um, oh, Wyoming. What's that town? It's not Cody. I love Cody. It's the... Jackson. Jackson Hole. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just very much so. But once you but you go to White and then there's a, a ski um, area there. And even in the summer they run the, the chairlift. And you can yeah. go up the chairlift and then hike down. Um, yeah, or you can ride the, the Alpine slide down, which is really yeah. cool. Highly recommend. 
Yeah. So those are some really fun things to do when you're up there. So thank you for your, this is Brian and Rick's travel log of Montana. <laughs> Welcome. We'll, we'll tell you some of, and if, if you are going through Butte, you have to stop in Butte, Montana. That is the most beautiful. That is a cool place. That is a cool place. And a little rough, which is what I like about it. But, um, it's a really cool place. Brian, good. I will, you come up with an idea and in a couple of weeks we'll do it like a Monday, maybe just kind of figure okay. it out. Hey Rick, thanks for having me on. It's good to be here. Oh, yeah. It's just a, a total pleasure. Um, and I'll have, have a good day. Give your family my love and we'll talk to you I will. later. Okay. Right. Take care. That was fun, huh? That's a way to get a feel for Montana from a couple of guys. Have a great night, Brian. Um, Gary's telling you to have a good night, Brian. Um, so anyway, you guys, we want to thank our sponsors, Chris Dental Family Dentistry. And seriously, um, get in there now before the fall rush to get teeth cleaned and any kind of the little things that you need checked up on because um, they now is the time when they have some space for it. Um, also, Albert Taylor, if you're looking for a job and you want to change your career, um, they are a wonderful organization working with some amazing people that will teach you more than you probably teach them. And also Buck Sanitary Service. Um, you know, it is the wedding season and fire season and Scott and Lisa will be super busy with fires. Uh, they always haul all those nice showers and toilets up for the firefighters. And Scott basically lives there um, once the fire season starts through October, November. Um, he's a hardworking dude and he supports us with everything. So we really appreciate that too. Okay, tomorrow night, Elements Health Club uh, sponsors our show tomorrow night and Chris Dental. And we're going to be doing some health news. We have some really cool things going on. But we're also going to check in um, with a, a doctor friend of mine who's going to be a new client. They have a, they have a podcast called B, No BSMD. So they do medical news without the bullshit. And they're going to start doing a show with us once a month. And then we'll be telling you what's on their show the other, the other three weeks. But there, Tim's in Sturgis, uh, South Dakota. And so he's going to do a live tomorrow night from Sturgis, South Dakota, uh, showing us what's going on with all that. And um, it should be BS Free MD. Thanks, May. I'll get there. Um, and you, you, every, everybody we show this show to, they love it. They can't, cause uh, May's really, really cute and nice. And then there's Tim, you know, he's all right. <laughs> he's a good guy, but he's going to be in Sturgis and doing that. And then on Thursday or Wednesday, I have these two women who are friends of mine and their names, Teresa and Kate, and they're both, um, they're partners and they moved up here, retired to Oregon right before the fires, planted all these seedlings and then all the trees burned. Well, they have the most interesting story of coming from California as two fairly progressive people and thinking the timber industry was doing horrible things. And they discovered that the timber industry was not doing horrible things. And uh, we're going to talk to them. It'll challenge you and uh, it'll make you smile. Uh, that's Wednesday. And then on Thursday, we have a really tough topic. Um, suicide. A friend of mine, also Carson Lydon, uh, actually a young college kid, um, but his best friend took his life, his own life. And then Carson's had those thoughts too. So he started an organization and they have a fundraiser coming up, but I'm going to let him tell you um, why this is so important to him. He is a go-getter and he has all kinds of facts on suicide and, and that kind of thing. So it should be really good. Um, yeah, good week. And then next week we're already filling in with uh, some, we're going to start telling you some really cool stories about people. I'm kind of tired of all the bullshit. And I figured the best way to counterbalance it is with stuff that's nice. So, you can go on my Facebook page and I'll start some, you know, conversations about Biden and what a ridiculous plan he has. 
But on here, we're going to do some fun stuff. Oh, another thing I should tell you is I do have an interview. I didn't put it on here. I'm going to put a clip on here, but I'm not because Facebook watches this so carefully. and They're so nasty about this guy, um, Clay Clark. He's with the Reawaken America group. Um, we have a whole long interview. It's on my website, rickdancer.com. You can go watch it right now. It was live a while ago, just a few minutes ago. And it's on there. You can go watch it. I'm going to put a tease on Facebook and Instagram and see if we can get that some traction to get people over there, but I'm not going to put it on the Facebook pages because they will just knock me off because, you know, they censor people. Um, so we're just going to work around it. So we're going to work around their censorship and see what we can do. So it's Clay Clark. Is that his name? Yes. It's a pretty famous guy. Um, and uh, he's working with people that uh, you'll know, um, but I don't want to mention him on here because uh, Facebook will just get mad. All right. Have a good night. Um, I'm going to go take a shower. I know. I was dirty today. Yuck. But you're not here. What do you care? <laughs>